Blog Talk Radio. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Now the fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian, Cat, and Paul about to do again. We rep our team, you can't change, stop, or ruin it. All we need is a live draft coverage of the Miami Dolphins selections, at least for the next two hours. We're going to talk a lot about Laramie Tunsil and what's been going on with him, the new information that's come out, gets you updated on what's going on. Uh, joining me tonight, as was last night, Paul Pickin Jr. Joining us also tonight is Brian Catanzaro. Cat is going to be here, at least through the Dolphins pick, and then maybe hear from him a little bit after that as well with some of the picks that goes on. Paul, there's a lot of talk tonight about teams trying to get up to the Cleveland Browns who are picking first in tonight's draft. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are rumored to be involved with possibly moving up. The Dallas Cowboys, for the Dolphins to move up to number one overall in the second round, what would they potentially have to give up to make that move? Um, as it stands right now, they'd probably have to give up uh, either likely a second this year and a third next year or potentially their second rounder next year and their fourth round this year uh, because their fourth round is so early in the value of the pick. So if you look at the draft uh, trade charts, it's not a huge deal. But, again, it's also going to depend upon what other teams are offering. When I look at it, I mean, they, they probably have to look to move up to at least the Chargers pick to guarantee landing one of these guys. Uh, Paul, I think you're right on the compensation, uh, and there are some intriguing players out there still. You know, I'm blown away that Miles Jack's still there. Uh, having said that, it does take a little bit of steam off it, knowing that you know every team in the NFL yesterday you passed on Miles Jack or neglected to trade up for him uh, in the first round. But he's still an interesting guy. Uh, frankly, uh, I, given that I think you're right on the compensation, Paul, it would take a little bit to move up then I say, no, thanks. I'd rather stay at 42 because I think there are some good players there. My thought with the move up here would be if they're able to package next year's second, this year's fourth, and possibly even if they have to throw in maybe one of the sevens or something else to sweeten the pot, if they're able to come away from the first two rounds of this draft with, their, with still having their second pick or second round pick plus the additional and they're able to walk away with Laramie Tunzel, either Miles Jack or Reggie Ragland, and possibly Mackenzie Alexander. Uh, out of those three picks, I'm happy as hell. I will give up those other picks in a heartbeat, even though I see a lot of value that they could get later on. There's no way you could have told me they were going to potentially walk away with all three in that scenario um, two days ago. Yeah, well, looking thing? at that, Paul, I, I think, too, that – 
when, when you, when I'm sorry, Brian, when you look at it, um, typically if somebody wants to go from 42 to 32, uh, or, you know, if the dolphins are looking to trip, usually that team, um, is going to want their second round pick this year. So it'd probably be, my guess is that if they say wanted to jump up to 32 or 33, I think it would cost at least a fourth rounder to be able to swap uh, kind of what Paul was touching on, but I think it would be for this year to, as well. The NFL draft actually hasn't started yet here in round two. Cleveland Browns are obviously on the clock with pick 32 overall. Of course, the New England Patriots had theirs taken away. Whether you agree or not with the commissioner's decision to strip that pick away as a Dolphins fan, you got to love it. Let's talk about the big board right now for the Dolphins, according to Cat. Obviously, the top pick is Miles Jack by far. How far will he drop? Will he go with Cleveland or somebody else at pick 32? We're going to find out. Kat, while we're waiting on this, and I will jump in when a pick is made, tell us about your big board right now for the top 15 players or so that the Dolphins could be targeting here in round two. The number one on that list, like I said, is Miles Jack. Uh, And number two, I have Kevin Dodd, a player I've been really high on for a while. Defensive end, I don't think is as big of a need at cornerback as cornerback right now, but Kevin Dodd, 12 sacks at Clemson last year, really a one-year player, but I think this guy can add another 10 or 15 pounds, be 6'5", 285, and really bring some heat off the edge. His teammate, cornerback Mackenzie Alexander, falling a little bit because of a, you know, a little bit of attitude problem. Uh, not the biggest, not the fastest, but man, he shut down people at Clemson for the last two years. Kaveri Russell from Notre Dame, I've liked a lot. I've always thought he was a little underrated, the cornerback from Notre Dame. 5'11", 194, surprised people with his athleticism. Five, Emmanuel Agba, a, a great athlete from Oklahoma State who had 22 and a half sacks there. Six, Xavier Howard, a guy that we've, we talked about a little bit a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I really like his ability to turn and run with receivers. He's really feast or famine at that cornerback spot for Baylor. He had nine interceptions the last two years, also drew 19 penalties. So it's going to take some uh, uh, technical reworking on his end. Jonathan Butler for our Jonathan Bullard, excuse me, from Florida. Uh, I like this guy a lot. He reminds me a lot of, uh, of Derek Shelby. I think he's a better version of Derek Shelby as that, you know, big defensive end who could play first down keeping Cam Wake more fresh. Eighth is Paul's guy, Reggie Ragland. Uh, he's a player I would be comfortable taking here now at 42. I know Paul would love it. I would, I would also like it here um, with Reggie Ragland. If, if he's that two-down middle linebacker, it allows you to kick Kiko Alonso to the outside, uh, strengthening that unit. Jaron Reed, a good run defender from Alabama's ninth. Tenth is Cody Whitehair, guard from Kansas State. I think the Dolphins could have an outside chance to solidify the line for a long time with that pick, although I don't expect it. Andrew Billings, a squatty nose tackle from uh, Baylor, is 11th. 12th, Chris Jones, immensely talented, big man, 6'6", 311 pounds from Mississippi State. 13th, Sean Robinson, a, what we call a body beautiful guy who needs a lot of, of technique work. Uh, 14th is his teammate Cyrus Jones, cornerback from Alabama, technical guy, but um, it doesn't have all the measurables. And 15th, is someone I, I'm hoping the Dolphins can maybe get in the in the third round, and that's Braxton Miller uh, from Ohio State. Played quarterback there, gave away to Cardell Jones, um, and uh, you know, moved out to receiver. Uh, has taken some snacks, snaps at running back, consummate team player, and he's also working out with Chris Carter uh, at that wide receiver position to get even better. And at Senior Bowl week, he went out to wide receiver, and he, and he Played fantastic, so I think there's a lot of upside in this guy. So a lot of really good options here for the Dolphins. That's why I'm comfortable staying at 42. 
I'd actually trade from 42 and move down. I think the talent level here is about the same in second and third round. Um, to be honest, just to, to kind of highlight one thing you said about Braxton Miller, I hope the Dolphins stay as far away from this guy as possible. I don't like him. I don't want him in Miami, which means that he'll probably be their pick in round three. The interesting thing about this draft, guys, when you look at it, and I'm going to get your, your pre-pick selection here before the Cleveland Browns pick, is, Kat, you got the number one guy on your board overall in, in round one. And it's funny that Paul could get his number one guy in round two. And it was his number one guy overall completely. Paul, that's got to kind of excite you a little bit. Or it doesn't. Um, <laughs> He's all right, let's talk about he is. He's just like totally blown away right now. Um, when we look For at this reason, cat, my my, uh, my microphone disconnected. Now, if if Tunzel was the number one guy, I think uh, on almost everyone's board, I mean, he was the one guy when we talked about it that I would have traded up in round one to go after. So the fact that we got him and the guy I had as my big target at thirteen, if that happens, then you know I'm going to be ecstatic. I'm going to be acting like Rob Prophet on Twitter today. Um, let's talk about the pick itself. The Dolphins are picking 11th in the second round. Cleveland's got four and a half minutes left. Each pick is seven minutes long in the second round. I'll go to you first, Paul. Who do you predict to be the Dolphins pick here? At, at 11, not with Cleveland, but at, at 11. At 11? I'm thinking it may be Raglan. I was thinking he might maybe slide that far. Okay. Pat, what about you? Who's your, your – pre-start of the second round pick for the Dolphins? Uh, Braxton Miller. No, no, no. Um, he would be interesting in the third round, and I, I would I would like that pick in the third round. Second round, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, if I'm guessing, what I think will happen is Xavier Howard, the cornerback out of Baylor. Yeah, I definitely think that Xavier Howard is somebody to watch here. Honestly, I think that the Dolphins are going to trade down a little bit when the, when it comes time for their pick, um, which probably means that they'll end up trading up. But if the Dolphins stay where they're at, I, I have the tendency to lean with you on this one, Kat. I do think it's going to be Xavier Howard, and it's somebody that I kind of predicted um, earlier today on one of the blogs that I wrote for that uh, this would be the pick here as well. It'll be interesting to see what McKenzie Alexander, how far he drops. Seven cornerbacks went in the first round. There is a big need for these guys for sure. Cleveland's made their pick. Paul's going to be calling out the picks tonight again. Uh, but Cleveland did make their pick, in fact. So there will not be a trade-up to the, to the 32nd pick. I'm a little bit surprised here, Kat, because I would have thought for sure that they would have been able to find somebody within the top 10 of the second round that would have moved up and they could have gained some more picks as well. Who do you think they might take here? Uh, I've got them taking uh, Ashawn Robinson from, from Alabama, play a 3-4 defensive end. Paul, do you agree with that, or do you think it's going to be somebody else? Uh, I definitely think it's most likely to be Sean Robinson, but there's a slim possibility it could be Jerron Reed. I think they've got their eyes on a quarterback later on or to move back into the second round to go after. But I think right here they're going to try to fortify that defensive line. Yeah, I agree as well. I think it will be a defensive line pick. Um, could it be a defensive end pick? That's always a possibility. Uh, so could it be Ogba? I mean, a lot of people were talking about Emmanuel Ogba and where he would go in, the, in round two. So uh, there is a definitive possibility that it could be him. It could be Ashawn Robinson as well. And I think when you look at this, Robinson or even Andrew Billings uh, is a possibility as well here. So 
we'll find out as soon as they, they make this pick. What I don't like about the second round is it really starts to kind of die off with uh, the, the consistency of them getting the selections made to the audience. So for those of you listening, you're going to have to wait. And unless uh, it's leaked on Twitter and we can get it quick enough, we're kind of at the mercy of the NFL right now. And, Kat, that's not really all that fun, not in rounds two and three. No, it's not. And uh, I, I hope on here, too, that we wait till they, they announce the pick uh, on TV before we start talking about it. Because uh, by doing that, uh, we're going to be able to uh, give people the, the added suspense of walking up to the podium and actually announcing the pick. But, yeah, it, 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 they've got a lot of needs. Uh, you mentioned Emmanuel Odd, but I think he'd play outside linebacker for the Browns because they play a 3-4. Andrew Billings would be that, that day one nose tackle for him. Uh, I, I think somebody's really going to get a steal on a day one starter, whoever takes Billings. Yeah, I'd be a little bit more impressive. The, I mean, the Browns got a good receiver yesterday. In fact, a lot of people think that he could be a great receiver. Um, but you know, depend, they need defensive help. They need, well, they need a lot of help, and they need a quarterback. Is it possible that we could see a guy like Connor Cook go here, Paul? It is possible. Um, I, something my gut tells me, though, Hugh Jackson is targeting Cardale Jones. I'm, I'm not sure exactly why. But I think he, he adds an exciting element when he comes in and there's something that the Browns see in the guy. So I think you'll see Connor Cook go today, but I don't think you'll see him go to the Browns. I think it's going to be Cardale Jones, possibly in the third round. Uh, I just think he fits with yeah, what I, they're trying to do there. I like Cardale Jones. I think he's an underrated prospect. I, you know, I wouldn't make him my franchise quarterback, but if we're talking you know, third, fourth round as a developmental guy, you know, six foot five, 250 pounds, somebody who, you know, was looking like a future number one overall pick last year. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting uh, when, when that happens. So here is the pick. All right. Our commissioner's walking up to the podium right now. It'll take a couple seconds. The Tennessee Titans have been on the clock now for about four minutes, so they shouldn't have a lot of time, and that's one of the speeds that's going to happen here. Paul? Yep, and it looks like we're going to be having the Hall of Famers announce the pick, which always adds a little bit of drag to the second round, but the fact that the Browns do have uh, Paul Warfield up there on the stage announcing the pick, it's a little bit special for Dolphins fans, uh, even if he's announcing the Browns pick here. And he went ahead and announced that the Browns have selected with the 32nd pick in the 2016 NFL draft, Emmanuel Agba. Good call, Brian. Called it. Yeah, that's a, that's a good pick. Um, this is a guy that I think we all believed might somehow slip to the Dolphins here at, uh, at the 11th pick. Um, he is a, a cat. He, this is a, a very versatile defensive end, good upfield push. He's got good moves off of the corner. As a run-stopping defensive end, he holds that position well and can stay in his zone as opposed to guys like Koamisi who comes up and tend to overcommit. Yeah, and like I said, I'd be surprised if Akba doesn't play three, a uh, three-four outside linebacker for them, which you know shares a lot of elements with you know a four-three defensive end. But yeah, very athletic. Uh, this was actually on my Dolphins board. He was number six, and uh, you know, uh, talking about a kid that ran a four-six-three at, at six foot five, two hundred and seventy pounds, and. Uh, uh, you know, it's not like the guy was unproductive at Oklahoma State either. At twenty-two and a half sacks over the last two years. Paul, yeah, for me, it's, it's, 
No, it'll be interesting to me, uh, based on the Browns' history, to see who Ogba plays for in four years when his rookie contract is up and he decides to go elsewhere, much like everybody else in the Browns seems to do over the past 15 years. But I think he'll be a stellar player for them in the interim. Paul, is it is it a safe comment to make that the Miami Dolphins' biggest need right now, without question, is cornerback? Or is there another position? We're starting to hear some rumors about the Dolphins possibly targeting running back Derrick Henry here. Is, is, is that more of a best player available pick, or should the Dolphins really concentrate on corner in the second round? Well, corner is definitely – one of the biggest needs, but again, they've got some young players that we just don't know what to expect from yet. So it, it, it's a huge question mark, but undoubtedly they've got a couple of question marks at linebacker and they have a question mark other than Jay Ajayi in that backfield. I don't think anybody is fully confident in the two headed monster of Jay Ajayi than Damian Williams. For myself personally, I hope it's not Derrick Henry. Uh, I know he was productive at Alabama where he's surrounded by, uh, future all pros uh, or very good players at the very least at the NFL level, which makes him look better. But I don't like what I saw from him in terms of him being slow footed, him having issues with decision-making at times in field vision. Um, and, and I did not like the way as soon as he got hit, you'd see his legs stop moving. And for me, that that's not what I want in a running back. I love guys like Paul Perkins who keep their legs pumping for every last yard. And you almost, like like I said on one of our shows, you almost expect the legs to be bicycle kicking in the air if he lands on his back. Uh, and that's something I look forward to running back. I don't see it from there, Henry. We're getting ready to see the Tennessee Titans pick, who is in now yesterday. Of course, they made the move to trade down to 15, move back up to 8. Instead of taking Laramie Tunsil, they take uh, Jack Conklin, a very good offensive tackle. Their pick is in now which means that the Dallas Cowboys are on the board. Let's talk a little bit here, Kat, about the Titans pick and who this might be. I'm thinking we might see McKenzie Alexander go off the board here. Uh, very possible. Uh, the cornerback is a need for him. I, I think defensive line is too. I'm going to predict uh, they're going to take Jerron Reed here with this pick. <laughs> well, pick. you guys took my one and two for, for this pick because my one was probably Alexander, but with Jerron Reed being my, my second choice. But, yeah, I'm going to go with go with Mackenzie Alexander as well. Um. Now, as soon as we get this pick in, and, and, again, what you have to understand here is we're at the mercy. The NFL hasn't brought out anybody yet to make this selection. We know that the pick is in. Things will start moving quicker and we'll start getting more information because while we're waiting for them to come to the podium, Teams like Dallas or the, the, the team after, they're already on the clock as soon as that pick is in. So the time's going to start going by pretty quick. And, of course, by the time that uh, it comes to Miami, we should be well into a good ESPN NFL Network commercial break. That'll last about 15 minutes because um, that seems to be usually the market here. Cat, let's go back to yesterday. Laramie Tunsil drops all the way to 13. I'm going to tell you that a lot of talk today on – the radio about uh, Tunsil's basically been the forefront of NFL talk draft talk this year. And, it, and it's absolutely crazy. We're going to get to your thoughts on that in just a minute, because what I would like to do is find out why he dropped. It couldn't have just been because of the video and because of taking the, the, uh, 
the, the money from a coach. There had to have been another reason of some sort, and I want to get your thoughts on that. The Titans are uh, – the commissioner's up at the podium right now getting ready to introduce their person who's going to call out uh, this pick. So we're going to throw it to Paul here for the 33rd pick in this draft. Yeah, Javon Curse is up. He's an awesome pick for these guys. Awesome play. We all love watching play. And they went ahead and snatched your guy, Brian, Kevin Dodd out of Clemson, who I know we were all high on leading up to the draft as a possible target for the Dolphins, even in the first round. So he's a guy that slid. Yeah, you know, I forgot about Dodd. Um, very, very good defensive end. Um, in fact, a lot of people thought he was a little bit better than Shaq Lawson. So it'll be very interesting to see how he translates. I think, Chad, he's going to fit really well with, with uh, Tennessee. Yeah, he was number two on my Dolphins board, and even though defensive end isn't the Dolphins' biggest need right now, he only did it for one year, but it was a heck of a year. And, you know, one thing that, that CK and I went back and forth about several times um, during the year is, you know, Kevin Dodd played over right tackles. Shaq Lawson went up against left tackles. So in terms of what's more impressive in college, you, you got to say Shaq Lawson going over those left tackles. But I, I think isn't Kevin Dodd looks really smooth. Another guy who's actually going to trans, uh, transfer over to linebacker, outside linebacker in the Titans 3-4 scheme. But really good pick for them here. Yeah, and, and, and Dodd's, a, no, Dodd's definitely a guy I really liked in this draft. If if I thought DE was a higher need or if Miami had filled some of the gaping holes that they have right now, I'd be a little more uh, apt to say I wish Kevin Dodd had fallen. But in some respects, I'm actually glad he didn't fall. I'm glad he went to Tennessee, a team we don't face all that often, even though we're facing them two years in a row right now. And interesting, he would go ahead, Paul. And he's a guy that's going to be an impact player for them, which, by the way, the commissioner is walking into the podium already with the Cowboys selection with Michael Irvin, Miles Jack. who is I got probably going to make a huge Jack. production. I think it's Jack, too. Um, I'm, I think I'm going to go. I, I'd like to say it's probably Miles Jack, but I would not be shocked at all to see Jerry Jones take another chance on a troubled defensive end in Noah Spence. And McKenzie Alexander, this is a team that needs cornerback help. They passed on Jalen Ramsey yesterday. Oh. Jalen Smith is the pick for the Cowboys here. Throwing a little curveball and bringing him back in around two. That is absolutely a shock here. I mean, not to say that Smith isn't a great linebacker. This is the top linebacker prospect in this year's draft prior to his injury, um, for him to go above Miles Jack-Cat, that to me is the surprising part. That is extremely surprising right now because, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not shocked that Smith went here uh, at 34, but actually I'm a little bit because, you know, th- this is somebody who's not going to play at all in 2016 with nerve damage. And in 2017, he's pretty iffy. So, you could possibly be throwing away a draft pick here, or you could possibly be getting the best player in the draft. Um, but good for Jalen Smith. What a shame. This guy was going to be, without question, a top five pick in this NFL draft. Got hurt in his bowl game after a great career at, at Notre Dame. Great kid, great competitor. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad to see that he's still going to have the chance to make something out of his NFL career. Paul, when I look at this, yeah, pick, he, I gotta love the fact. Hold on, I, I love the fact that Jalen Smith is going, to, you know, getting drafted this high in the second round. But when I look at the Cowboys, Paul, 
I see them have a history of injuries at linebackers, repeating injuries. This, to me, seems like you're putting another risk at linebacker. And like Kat said, this guy's going to sit out all of 2016. You don't know how he's going to come back, and you've already got problems at linebacker. Yeah, and this is a guy that the Cowboys may have been able to get a little bit later on. But you know what? If he is uh, arguably the best linebacker potentially in this year's draft, if he is able to make that full recovery, all of a sudden Jerry Jones got the steal of the second round. So, you know, it's one of those maybes with a question mark, but the risk-reward on this is huge. And now we'll see who the Chargers take here shortly. The interesting thing for me, guys, is the fact that I said it already. Miles Jack is still on the board. This, to me, has to speak volumes of what people think of his knee situation. He made the comment that he's going to need microfracture surgery at some point. Dr. Andrews came out today and said, well, he's not going to need it. Uh, he's not going to need microfracture surgery. A lot of people took that as in the near future, but down the road, you never know. But the fact that they're thinking degenerative issues and the fact that he continues to drop, it's almost like, where is this going to fall? Where is this going to stop for this poor kid? Yeah. And like, yeah. like I said, it, it takes some of the heat off the steam off it for me um, with miles. Jack, I mean, with miles Jack, because, Something is definitely wrong. I mean, if, if if teams are not only passing over him in the first round, but are passing over him in the second round as well. But now we've got the San Diego Chargers coming up here. Um, so they, they've got a few needs looking at their roster. Um, I, I'm, my prediction is going to be Von Bell, the safety from Ohio State. Paul, let me ask you a question about Miles Jack here before we make your, get your prediction. Um, when you look at this kid – if he falls down to the 11th spot in round two, knowing that all these teams are passing on him, is he worth taking a chance at this point with what we think we know about him? Absolutely. I mean, I I look at him uh, in in a similar light from a different situation um, as I do Laramie Tunzel yesterday. He's a guy that basically, as much as they've evaluated him, et cetera, teams just don't know. Somebody's going to take that risk. Um, and I think it's going to be here in the second round. And it's one that's a high uh, – Who's your pick here? Who's your pick here, My pick here, I'm going to go with Deshaun Robinson. I'm going to go with Cody White here. Um, and the reason is, is they passed on offensive line yesterday and went with the defensive end. So we're going to see right here. I'm going to throw it to Paul so Paul can call out this pick. All right, with the 35th pick in the 2016 NFL draft, the San Diego Superchargers are selecting, ooh, Hunter Henry, tight end, Arkansas. Mm. Give Phillip Rivers another weapon out there in that offense. A little surprised. A lot of people have him rated further down uh, on the day two board, um, Kat. Um, Anyways, we don't really need to talk about San Diego's pick because you guess what? This is a Miami Dolphins show. Let's go back to Laramie Tunsil while we're waiting on the next picks, Kat. What could have sparked of this drop other than this video? Do you think it was a matter of teams all of a sudden being hit in the face with this, wondering what else could it possibly be? Is there something, uh, a third element that's going to fall? Is there something about his ankle, uh, the injury to his uh, tibia? Uh, What made him fall? I think it's a combination of a lot of things with the video being that final straw, you know, um, and, 
I mean, you've got a lot of things out there. You've got the video. You've got, you know, the incident where he was with Robert Kandici the night he fell out the window, uh, you know, being sued by his stepdad. So a lot of things. But the, the, the question I ask myself is, you know, are you really uh, – is this a, a dirt bag or is this a, um, uh, a, a 20-year-old immature kid? And when it involves smoking marijuana and taking money from agents – I think it involves maturity, but then again, if Larry Tunzel fails a drug test tomorrow, is that, are any of us going to be surprised? Probably not. But again, it's risk versus reward in the NFL draft and he's worth the risk. Yeah. I just want to cut in real quick here before we talk further about that. It looks like Jacksonville's actually traded up into the 36th pick overall. Um, they actually, they had the 38th pick. We'll see what the compensation was here for them to move up, but they could be come up to grab somebody intriguing off the board that may disappoint a few of us. Yeah, well, if we're talking about Miles Jack here, Jacksonville has been pretty high on him. They've had him at uh, their facility twice, I believe. They've met with him at his school a couple of times. I would be a little bit surprised if they moved up to get him because I really don't think that there's teams sitting in there that are going to go after him and risk him. Maybe they felt that Baltimore would be somebody that they could target. Paul, who, are, who else could the Jacksonville Jaguars be targeting to move up for um, and, and jumping ahead of a, a team like Baltimore? This could be where we see Noah Smith come off the board. Um, there are some teams in here that need some defensive line help. Uh, Kansas City could use a little bit. And Noah Spence is – well up ahead of maybe Jonathan Bullard being the next guy out there on the list. So, I mean, there's a, there's a significant drop. And if Kansas City was going to go after him or possibly Baltimore to fit into one of their schemes, they could be making this jump to go ahead and grab Noah. A good possibility with Noah Spence. Uh, yeah, he is that edge rusher. Um, uh, he, I, I think he can play 4-3, but a middle linebacker, they've got Paul Puzlesny, who's 31, I think this could be Reggie Ragland right here. I was just going to say the same thing. I think Ragland no, is wrong. a spot for him. Yeah, I, I think when you said it's going to make us disappointed, I think you were talking to the guy in the mirror um, because mm-hmm. I think that uh, this might be that one slot. Um, they're getting The Baltimore Ravens are getting a, a fifth-round pick to move uh, down two spots. So it's really a, a good trade for the Ravens, you, you pick up a fifth round and basically cost you two slots, and chances are the guy that you want is still going to be there. So we'll see what they're going to go here. Um, I, I think what we're going to see here is a linebacker as well. Uh, I don't know if I'm sold on it being um, Reggie Ragland or not. Uh, another option, too, is Cody White here, the guard. The Jacksonville Jaguars need some help at guard. They need some help along that offensive line. Um, and this would be a, a kind of a predicted spot where a lot of people thought that Whitehair would go. Paul, or Cap? Whitehair is an interesting name uh, now. I think what really hurt him was the 16 bench press reps at the Combine. That's really pretty low for, uh, for a player uh, that's a 6'4", 300-pound guard. Uh, I, I think that took Cody Whitehair from the late first round to possibly the mid to late second um, would be interesting if, if the Dolphins were enticed by him at, at, at that pick. But here are the Jaguars well, are just, up. And they just showed him, and I don't think you get that excited over an offensive lineman. <laughs> well, Fred Taylor's up. Too bad it's not his kid that he's going to be announcing here since uh, I know his kid's going to go a little bit later on. But the Jaguars with the 36 overall picks have selected 
Miles Jack, Miles Jack. UCLA. Miles Jack. He is off the board. And you know what? Congratulations to this kid. This has been a long ride for him. Last, yesterday, he said, the day before yesterday, he said, Jacksonville gave me a lot of play. They really put a lot of effort into it. I think Jacksonville was surprised that Jalen Ramsey wasn't taken off the board yesterday at three or at four, so that all of a sudden they're sitting there kind of like Miami looking at it going, hey, wait a second, we could take Miles Jack or we can take, you know, Laramie Tunsil. And I think Jacksonville's sitting here going, holy crap, we get the two guys that we really wanted, and we only thought we'd get one of them, Paul. Yeah, and, and Miami could still be in a similar scenario, whether it's a Reggie Ragland, whether it's a Mackenzie Alexander, um, you know, if they had Xavier Howard targeted. I mean, there's a number of guys, too, that Miami could do the same thing that Jacksonville's doing, which has to make you wonder, who's sleeping in this draft? Because there are some really good guys sliding past some really needy teams at this point. Yeah, and Miles Jack was <laughs> – I'll tell you what, if this guy is healthy and he can play and contribute for the Jaguars this year, they're going to have basically three top ten or top five talents on defense that they didn't have last year. Dante Fowler, third overall pick last year who tore his ACL. You got Miles Jack, who otherwise would have gone in the top ten. And you got Jalen Ramsey. I mean, the the Jaguars have to be on paper right now uh, probably the best 5-1 team in NFL history. Yeah, this is a really good pick, and, and, and like I said before, I, I thought this might have been where he went. I mocked him to Jacksonville earlier today, earlier today in round two, and, and I think that he's a, a perfect fit. I would have loved to have seen him with Miami, but it's going to be really funny, Kat, is there's a lot of people that are going to be watching this kid to see what how healthy he is and what he can do and then smacking themselves in the head for letting him go and not drafting him when they had a chance, especially if this kid's career turns out to be a good six to 10 year career. That's what they're going to be doing. You know, it's, this could be one of those that you look back on hindsight and just kind of go, damn, fire my medical advisor. (laughs) No, I'm with you on that. Uh, Jack can play all over the field. What what intrigues me is how he has that safety look and, and can just get from point A to point B so quickly. Uh, we got the Kansas City Chiefs coming up here, and um, you know they actually haven't made a pick yet. They've traded down twice, so I, I, I think they're going to go cornerback. I think this could be a spot for for one of them. I'm going to say Xavier Howard with the pick here. Yeah, that's a very good Correct. possibility. Go ahead, Paul. No, for me, I'm looking at it. They could go corner, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see one of the big defensive tackles come off the board here, and either Jaron Reed or Ashawn Robinson. I'm going to go with Ashawn. Yeah, I'm thinking McKenzie Alexander here personally. Um, the it, I don't know what. Okay, sorry. Um, I'm thinking McKenzie Alexander here, and it could get with them losing Sean Smith this year. I really think that they need to focus on the cornerback position, and I, I think when you look at round one, they realize that they can get a good cornerback in round two pick up a couple of picks somewhere else along the line and be able to replace Smith. And, and like Kat said, Xavier Howard's a good possibility. I'm going to go with McKenzie Alexander. We'll see if they go defensive line. Uh, the Chiefs are on there right now. Commissioner's up to the podium, Paul. He is, and we'll see who he's got here with him here shortly. Now, Tony Richardson, fullback. With the 37th pick, the Chiefs have selected – 
Chris Jones, defensive tackle. Huh. A little bit of a shocker. He went ahead of some of the other guys, but I don't know. Cat will keep himself Jones up is high. Yeah. Yeah, uh, right. uh, really. Can you hear me? Yep, you're good. Yeah, r- really good pick there uh, for for them. Th- this could be a dominant defensive tackle. I mean, he is a, a very boomer bust. It was frustrating to watch him. There there are games I watched of him, like I, when he played against like Mizzou, where he just destroyed people. And then watch him the next week, uh, and and he looks completely disinterested in playing. In terms of uh, overall upside, you know, a lot of people say Kandichi was the most talented in the draft in terms of pure talent. I thought Chris Jones was. So he, he's going to play defensive end with them, be surrounded by a lot of good people. This could be a great pick for them. Yeah, I think he's going to be. A, go ahead. No, I think I think he's going to be a good fit for the Chiefs' defense. I needed. I think they needed to solidify a little bit in the middle there. Even though they could use a corner, there are still corners that are going to be available when they pick next. So again, not a terrible pick for these guys if he does pan out to his potential instead of being that sometimes effort, sometimes not play. Hey, guys, hold on. Hold on one second. There is – hold on, guys. I don't mean to break in, but here's – somebody just said that uh, Miami is on the clock and has traded up to the Baltimore. Okay, so we're – apparently the Dolphins are on the clock. We're going to have to find out what they gave up for, probably somewhere in the four to five range, I would assume, unless they're keeping their second-round pick, which I highly doubt. But we are still uh, waiting on that. A, I, I would guess it's a fifth rounder, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Are we looking? Who would we be looking at here? Um, would you trade up for Xavier Alexander or um, Xavier Howard or McKenzie Alexander? Would you trade up for Reggie? Um, Raglan, yeah. Uh, Raglan. Yeah, I, I don't know. This is this is interesting. I think it is either Raglan or Alexander, and I I would at this point in the draft probably be happy with either pick. Is there a surprise yeah, I'm, pick out there? Surprise pick would be Sean Robinson, I think. Um, but I'm I'm hoping for Raglan, but I'm leaning towards it could be Alexander here, and they didn't want to let him slide by seeing him up there on the board. Pick is in. Pick is in. We're going to wait for Melissa Stark to sit here and run off with her mouth talking to uh, Chris Jones. Chris Jones was actually – he props to him for coming – to the second day, he was invited to the uh, to the draft, sat through all of round one, and he came back to the draft today. Miles Jack did not; he left, and that's not a bad thing. I understand that, especially when you're somebody that's that's ranked so high. Um, so it's going to be very interesting what the Dolphins do here. The top cornerbacks right now: Alexander, Xavier Howard out of Baylor, uh, are the top two guys. Then you're talking linebacker. You got to look at Reggie Raglan. <clears throat> There are some other guys still on the board, like you just said. You've got defensive end Jonathan Bullard. You've got Jerron Reed still on the board from Alabama, a defensive tackle, which I don't see the Dolphins trading up for, nor would I see him doing that with defensive tackle Andrew Billings. But Ashawn Robinson may be the top guy in that group, Cat. You would think right now, yeah, um, at, at the defensive tackle spot. But, you know, I, I tend to think it would be a hard sell to Dolphins fans to to do that. You know, last year they drafted Jordan Phillips in the second round. Right. He's more of a develop, developmental guy. Um, you know, that, that's not to say you can't draft a defensive tackle, but not a huge need for him, and I think it would be a tough sell. But, you know, Ashawn Robinson, Jerron Reed, you, you do still have some talented defensive linemen here. I just want to say this, Paul. I called this at the the second pick in this round. 
I said, when it gets to the Dolphins' pick, they are going to go on break. Guess what, listeners? The Miami Dolphins are on the clock. They've made their pick, and we're at commercial break. We got a lot of time. Uh, we can look at. Some, <laughs> I was going to say we can go to Advanced Auto Parts. Um, we can buy a new Titans hat, apparently. Um, but no, seriously, I, I really hope it's Ragland. I love what he could add to this defense. I, I need to see exactly what they gave up to move up here. Um, like Kat said, probably a fifth rounder. Um, they probably swap spots here, but we, we'll we'll see here shortly. I'm going to be – it'll be interesting. There's three guys, guy, uh, Paul, Cat, that I'm looking at right now, and that is Raglan, Alexander, and uh, Xavier Howard. And I'm not sure I would have traded up for Howard. Alexander, maybe. Howard, absolutely not. I would have waited. I think he would have been there. I think he could have gotten somebody else there. But let me – here's another name that we haven't mentioned, Cat. Derrick Henry, the running back. Is this a guy that the Dolphins would move up for? You know, it wouldn't surprise me. In fact, that that could be a big possibility. I personally wouldn't like it. I'm I'm in Paul's camp on that. Uh, Henry, it, when he gets three or four yards past the line of scrimmage, he can do some pretty incredible things at his size. But his lateral agility is not very good. And, and I tend to think for a big guy at the line of scrimmage, he goes down pretty easily. Uh, so uh, you really have to get him rolling. But And another thing as well, that I, I tend to think that, Derrick Henry is pretty similar to Jay Ajayi in terms of running style. That, that's why I'd like for the Dolphins, instead of taking Henry here, to look at running back in the third or fourth round, like a Kenneth Dixon, who's very good in the passing game, who can complement Ajayi's style a little bit more. Yeah, you know, Paul, I, I'm gonna, first I'm going to preface this by saying this. If Reggie Raglan is the pick, please don't say anything. Just turn your mic off, because <laughs> I don't want to hear you yelling in my ear. Um, but there, there's a... I think it's very difficult <laughs> to predict this pick, Paul. Yeah, and, and I just want to put out there, the Dolphins gave up the 42nd overall and a fourth-round pick to, to move up into this oh, that's, spot. That's, so, that's stupid. That's stupid. That's, yeah. There's, there's somebody yep. they really want here. They, they paid more to the Ravens than what uh, Kansas City did or whoever Jacksonville did to move up to get Miles Jack. <clears throat> now, here's the pick. Larry Zock is going to make it for the Dolphins tonight. Was that a 2017 fourth rounder? Um, I am not sure. I'll have to double check. I think it was. No, it was this year's fourth rounder. It was this year's okay. fourth rounder. I still love the deer for Nazaka as a fullback. He played so much more than fullback. All right, here we go, guys. Let's see who we got. Dolphins pick it in with the 38th overall pick. They traded up four and gave up that fourth rounder. The Dolphins have taken Xavier Howard. Wow. Xavier Howard. Not right. sure that I would have done that. I don't think I would have traded up. He was the one guy that I said I wouldn't trade up for. Cat, what can we expect from a guy like Xavier Howard? First of all, uh, I was right at the beginning of the day. I said it was going to be Xavier Howard. I didn't think they'd trade up for him. Uh, again, I, this is somebody who uh, – it may be a stretch to, to put opposite Byron Maxwell and, and expect a great play out of him. But, you know, you look at his tape the last two years. He's been improving more and more and more. He's six foot tall, 201 pounds, turns and runs really well. 
for his size. Nine interceptions the last two years. Um, but like I said, also, you've got 19 penalties. So there are some technical issues with him, too. Somebody who's definitely going to have to be coached up. When you look at the size um, and, and physical skills, then I, I, I think Howard can definitely get the job done. But, you know, I, I think people have to be patient with the cornerback position here because the reality is uh, it's a position that tends to struggle as a rookie. Yeah, and Xavier Howard, while, while I do like his upside, is a little bit raw. So I think you're hitting the nail on the head there when you say that people have to be patient um, during his rookie year. Luckily, he's probably going to be looked at as the number two behind Maxwell, at least until he improves his game a little bit and, and gets his technique down a little bit further. But long term, he is somebody that's going to help his defense out a lot. So I, I, I am excited, but I'm also a little bit let down because I really think after Reggie Ragland, the inside linebacker depth drops off. Yeah, I, I'm not – I mean, I like Howard if you would have – like I said, if you drop down, if you trade back a little bit, you get him in maybe the mid-teens to the 20 spot, I think you get a guy. But to me, when I look at this kid, while I'm not going to compare him person to person – you know, I, I look back at the Dolphins' other second-round picks that have been corners. You look at Taylor. You look at uh, Will Davis. <clears throat> and I still see a guy that's not going to really go out there and contribute like you want a second-round pick to contribute. And, and, again, we're seeing the Dolphins squander second-round picks. I'm not saying this is a bad pick, Cat. I'm just saying that I think they reached for this kid, trading up, giving up a fourth-rounder to go up and get him. I think they could have waited. I think McKenzie Alexander might have even better better option for him. I had Alexander rated a little bit higher, but if they like Xavier Howard more than Alexander and feel that they that he fits the scheme better, uh, you know, I don't disagree with that, and I'm fine with either one. I'm just disappointed that they gave up a fourth rounder. You look at what the Bucks have done here over the last two rounds. Yesterday they dropped down from nine to eleven. Still get their guy in Vernon Hargraves and get a fourth-round pick from the Bears. So now they've accumulated two fourth-round picks. Um, and when it comes to those types of trades, uh, I prefer that the Dolphins are on their, the receiving end of those, um, stockpiling those picks. And I, I don't think it was worth it. If the Dolphins stayed at 42, I think Howard still would have been there. And uh, if not, Mackenzie Alexander, I think, would have been there. Yeah, that's kind of what yeah. I'm thinking, too. And we're going to find out, Paul, in just a minute when we get to the 11th pick. If Alexander's still there, we're going to have a good idea of, you know, what the Dolphins could have done. Yeah, it's – I'm with you guys. I think Howard likely would have been there. I mean, granted, the folks in the Dolphins' war room are probably a little more plugged in to some of the behind-the-scenes stuff than any of the media are. But the fact that I think almost everyone had uh, Mackenzie Alexander rated a little bit higher and – the fact that he's still out there and the fact that the Dolphins moved up not very many spots, gave up a little bit more than expected to move up that far and got a guy they probably could have gotten. I'm I'm a little surprised that they got trigger happy here when they were so giddy watching Laramie Tunzel tumble yesterday and didn't get trigger happy there. Yeah, that's a great point because I would have thought that they if they liked Tunsil that much that they would have jumped up for him. Um, maybe they just felt that if it was meant to be, he'd be there. But you put it very well. Why get trigger happy at this point and jump up a couple of spots to get this guy? Yeah, and just so you guys know, the Bucks pick did There's just no come expense. in. They announced it, and Noah Spence is coming off off the board here for the Bucks. 
and that could be a great pick for them if he can get his, his stuff squared away off the field. Um, but, uh, you know, back, back to what the Dolphins are doing here. Cat, we now have a cornerback, albeit one that's going to take some work to get to the NFL level that we expect. Um, you've got a starting offensive tackle. Where do you go in round three now? You obviously are not going to jump back up into round two without pulling off something, giving up uh, uh, draft picks next year. You don't have that fourth anymore that you can move up to. So now you're going to be waiting quite a while. Where do you think the Dolphins go in round three now based on need? You know, based on need, it's got to be running back. And I think that's when you're going to start to see the running backs start to come off the board. You know, and it wouldn't be an absolute shock to me if Derrick Henry were still there uh, in that third round area. But this is also why I'm, I'm not too happy about giving up the fourth round pick, because when you look at this now, I really thought there were going to be a good group of running backs like Kenneth Dixon and like Paul Perkins available in the fourth round. But now they don't have that pick. But third round, um, I, I, my guess would be running back. I would love to see one of these value picks fall, such as a Jonathan Bullard, the defensive end from Florida. Yeah, when I, when I look at the third round, it, it's, I'm glad you said running back hat because the two guys, there are three guys that jump out in my head, um, and Derrick Henry is not one of them, even though I think he could still be available. I think he's going to be one of those surprise falls that keeps tumbling. People scratch their heads, but I think a lot of folks see what, what you and I have talked about. Um, but I think uh, Paul Perkins and Alex Collins, or by some stroke of miracle, if Devontae Booker were to fall to the Dolphins in the third round, they need to be all over that pick. Now let's be fair for a minute because the Dolphins did give up the fourth round to move up to get Xavier Howard. And I was pretty high on Howard heading into the day. Uh, I thought like Kat, that this was going to be their pick today. Only I thought they were going to do it at their selection, not trading up for him. There's really only two cornerbacks on the board right now or at that time, and that was Xavier Howard and Mackenzie Alexander. You could probably make an argument for Cyrus Jones out of Alabama, but after those three, there really is a big drop-off into the third round. So if you didn't get one now, there's a good possibility you weren't going to get a guy, Cat, that could come in and compete to start. You know, what's surprising for me with the trade-up, too, is that at, at the cornerback spot, you know, it, it'd be one thing if Mackenzie Alexander went and then Kavari Russell went, and then you're like, oh, crap, we better jump up and get one. But, you know, if you stay at 42, I, I'm pretty confident so, that you're going to end up getting getting one of those guys. Kat, I'm going to jump in real quick. The Giants just made their selection. Rodney Hampton announced it, and wide receiver Sterling Shepard will come off the board and add to a very talented wide receiving core up in New York. Yeah, we did. That's uh, the Giants. We knew they were going to have to target wide receiver at some point. You need somebody that's going to go and play opposite of Odell Beckham Jr. Well, let's go back here for a minute, um, Paul or Cat. Finish talking about what you were saying regarding the cornerbacks. I know you said that you could stay put and, and get the guy you wanted, but at what point do you start wondering if maybe a cornerback needy team that's behind you might be trying to jump up in front of you to get one of those two corners, or possibly even both of them? Yeah, and, you know, a, a lot of it depends, too, on the scheme fit. Uh, you know, you, you'd have to think that, you know, Kavari Russell and, and Mackenzie Alexander uh, didn't really necessarily fit the systems for those t- uh, for the Miami Dolphins. And I can understand that. I mean, you, you look at – I'd say I'd say Xavier Howard is, is similar in a lot of ways to, to Byron Maxwell. 
He's big. He's long. He's a playmaker. Uh, a little bit susceptible to the deep pass, but overall, you, you got to think that hey, we, we think the Dolphins think Xavier Howard steps in week one at cornerback for the Dolphins, and uh, you know becomes a good player for him. Yeah, the You're Dolphins have done one, one thing that we we all want to see from them. They went out and they got two starters right out of the blocks. Um, so. While we make questions straight up, they do have two starters out of the deal here. So we can't fault them for not only taking probably one of the best players available on their board in each scenario, but also for taking one that's going to be a starter for them from, from the get-go. Yeah, the interesting thing about Howard is, and, and this is something that we started to learn about from some of the local media, when it, ter- when, it, when it comes to what the Dolphins are looking for in cornerback. Vance Joseph, we have to remember, is the new defensive coordinator, and he likes the bigger, more prototypical cornerbacks. And I think that's one of the reasons why we saw the trade for Byron Maxwell. I think that's one of the reasons why we saw the exodus of Brent Grimes, not to mention his wife. But Xavier Howard is a tall rangy, prototypical cornerback that seems to fit that mold. He is a guy that's willing to get in there and support the run with physicality, and we haven't seen that really out of a lot of the cornerbacks. Is there problems in his game? Yeah, but you know what? Anytime you're dealing with a second-round talent or a third-rounder, for that matter, even a first-round talent, there are guys that are going to have some sort of hiccups or problems that need to be coached out. Xavier Howard has the potential to be very, very good. He's got good vision. He knows how to keep his hips on a swivel. He's got that twitch that you look for in the feet. There's obviously some issues, Kat, you said it yourself. There's penalties that he could that he needs to work on, but this is a guy that – like you said, he probably fits what the Dolphins are looking at more than what uh, a guy like Mackenzie Alexander did. Yeah, Howard is, uh, to me, it's a scheme fit with him. And, and talent-wise, very, very good. But we got the Bills pick coming right up here. It will be interesting. Maybe it's a quarterback. Yeah, and, and maybe it's Reggie so Ragland. Folks, no. <laughs> I'm thinking it's probably going to be Reggie Ragland here, to be honest with you. They gave up the 49th overall pick, the 117th overall pick, and a 2017 fourth rounder to the Bears to to move up eight spots. So looking at that, I'm not as upset about what Miami gave up in their trade, even though I would love to have that fourth rounder back. But Bruce Smith is up there, and with the 41st pick in the NFL draft, Bills have taken Reggie Ragland. God, I hate that pick. He's going to be really well, for those guys Well, they're going to have a long time to hate that guy. Might as well dispense with your love of him now. Uh, Paul, it's it's really not a surprise. They they needed linebacker. No, he, he's, he's one of the guys I compared him to a lot was Dwayne Harris. And Rex Ryan tried to woo him to come up to, to the Bills, didn't get him. Now he gets the younger, more athletic version and more more power to him. He's, good, he's building a pretty damn good defense up there so far. Yeah, yeah, you know, that it's, it is good value here for the Bills. I mean, now they, they've come away. They've gotten a lot bigger here with their first two picks along their defensive front uh, with Shaq Lawson, with Reggie Ragland. I, I would argue, too, that I think that they have two pretty limited players as well. I think they're good players. I think they're good in their roles. But, you know, um, I, I, I'm not sure if there's a lot of, of athleticism or versatility. But I, I tend to, I've always tended to like – Lawson and and Raglan a little bit a little bit less than other people. 
Yeah, you know, I, I didn't obviously like him as much as Paul did, but I did like him. Um, <clears throat> definitely not in the first round unless there was just absolutely the draft in front of the Dolphins fell completely apart. But, you know, um, I'm not too concerned about him being up in Buffalo, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I think he's going to need a lot of development in leadership. I think that's one thing that he lacks. I don't think he lacks the ability to to call a defensive scheme from the middle section, and I think he's going to need to work on that. Obviously, he's going to have Rex and his brother uh, Rob working with him in, in that system. Um, but he's a talented guy, and he's physical, and he's got good vision. So, um, you know, good for him, bad for, for – I'd rather him not go to Buffalo, but it is what it is. There's been worse uh, players that have gone off the board to some of our division rivals. You know, back to back to the Dolphins pick and Xavier Howard. The interesting thing about this guy is is he's and I want to throw this out to uh, Matt Stevens in our chat room who brought this to our attention. That somebody made the comment. This is a guy, Paul Urquhart, who has an attitude of see the ball, get the ball, kind of what Vance Joseph preached in Cincinnati. Um, you know, when it's in the air, you go after it and you take the ball away from them. One thing that we know that the Dolphins need more of is turnovers. Yeah, and Reggie Ragland is is good in that two down role. But again, I I, I have a, a very strict role when it comes to linebackers. Where if I don't think that you can play repeatedly on third down or in fourth quarters, then I'm not taking you in the top fifteen or twenty picks. Forty two, I'm comfortable taking you there. And this is right about where David Harris went too. Oh, so uh, Brian, you're talking about Howard? Excuse me. Uh, I like you. You got a free analysis there in Reggie Raglan. Um, no, but <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, uh, going back, I, I hate to keep harping on this fourth rounder uh, sw- swapping it, but it, it it does dig at me, especially when you know uh, the Dolphins could uh, could have added you know a defensive tackle or running back in that fourth round, where it's still going to be deep there at that point. I mean, you look back a couple years ago. We remember when the Dolphins traded up for Billy Turner when we thought he was going to be there at the end of the third round. Traded up for Will Davis when we thought he was going to end up being there as well. Uh, so, you know, in, in, and now you look at this pick, now you've got, you know, a third, fourth, and a fourth that, that could be on your football team, but they traded up. And it's like, you know, if, if you don't get Xavier Howard at 42, if he doesn't fall, which I think he would have, you know, is it the end of the world or should you have another player in mind? You there, guys? Yeah. Brian, are you out replying to Matt Stevens in the chat room? I know you introduced a new game last night where people had to take a drink every time that uh, we had that dead air. So for those listening at home, this is where you have to take a drink. I forgot to unmute my mic and take a drink. (laughs) Hey. I've done good, man. It's been, I did all last night. I've done an hour of tonight, literally uh, an hour, 30, 39 seconds shy of an hour in night two. And this is the first time that I muted my mic and forgot to, to take it off. So, you know what? You guys didn't get to drink a lot right. last night. Take two. Yeah, you, you're going to be drunk as hell at the end of, the, at the, end of this day. Well, hey, you know, we, we started that game yesterday, and nobody had to drink last night. So we'll see what happens here. Um, Right now, the way things are shaping right now, Tennessee uh, is on the clock. Baltimore's made their pick. You've got uh, 
Oakland, and then Tennessee again. Looks like Tennessee's going to be very busy in the second round. Detroit, New Orleans, Indianapolis, blah, blah, blah. As soon as we can get through round two, we'll start talking a little bit more about round three and what might be there. I mentioned earlier, guys, the players that you thought might be there, who you might want. I'll tell you, my top target in round three that might actually happen now, if he can fall that far, is Scooby Wright the third. I really like this kid out of Arizona, a linebacker prospect. I think if he's there, I would be ecstatic if the Dolphins were able to take this guy. What do you think about that, Paul, um, right after the Ravens pick? I was going to say, before we get to that, um, we got Jamal up there announcing the Ravens pick, and with the 42nd pick in the draft that they acquired from Miami, they take Kamale Coria, the, def- the defensive end slash linebacker, to be a pass rusher in their defense. Cat, thoughts on him? Kamale Correa from uh, Boise State. This this is a good pick for him. Uh, you know, he's he's always was projected to go early, like smack dab early second round. Yeah, uh, very similar to last year's second round pick, uh, um, Kakaya from uh, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, you know, who came in had five sacks, had four forced fumbles. Uh, this guy's quick and active, and um, as a three-four outside linebacker, I think he's going to be that heir apparent out there at that spot to to either Terrell Suggs or, or Elvis Doomerville. Yeah, um, going back to the, you know, when you look at these linebackers, will there be a run on linebackers? Um, Paul, you said it yourself. There's not a lot of depth here after Raglan comes off the board. Right now, you're looking at probably the best outside linebacker right now is Sue Al Cravens of USC, Cat. And, and this is a, a kid that we would have expected to maybe go a little bit higher, but we should probably see him come off the board, I would guess, within the next five, maybe six or seven picks. Yeah, he's somewhere in that, you know, mid-second round, early third round area. Um, yeah, Sir Cravens, I, you know, he is that tweener. I'm not, I'm not a big guy. I'm, I'm not a big fan of him um, simply because I, I think he's too much of a tweener. I, I don't think he's – I don't think he has enough just pure speed to be that, that safety back there. I think he has to play linebacker, and then, at that, then I think he's limited. Yeah, and before we get to anything further on that, the Titans are already making their selection, and they took Austin Johnson, the big defensive tackle, off the board uh, at Penn State. A little surprised to see some of the defensive tackles that are being passed over here at this point between Robinson, Reed, and Billings. Yeah, there, there's a lot of – Austin Johnson's a pretty solid player. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I really was – I always thought rated a little bit lower than – you know, the Jerron Reeds are, are, are the, uh, you know, Ashawn Robinson. I think he's a little wider and thicker, maybe able to, in a 3-4 you know, defense, be able to hold up a lot more successfully than, you know, the Alabama guys who are still on the board. Yeah, yeah we look at and, this and we start looking at – go ahead, Paul. No, I was just going to go back to the linebackers um, PC you were talking about, Brian. I know you mentioned Scooby Wright. I'm not as super high on him. I see – a guy that's probably going to be okay at the NFL level. Suwa Cravens, if Vance, Joseph, if Vance Joseph can find creative ways to deploy his personnel based on their strengths and weaknesses, I'm fine with a Suwa Cravens pick. But like Kat was mentioning, he's, he's a tweener. He's not truly a great linebacker. He's not truly a great safety. But is he a great football player? If you can find a way to utilize him as, as a mixed piece there, then, yeah, I'm, I'm totally cool with that idea. Uh, another guy to watch as the draft unfolds is actually Zach Vigil's brother, Nick. Um, he's a guy out of Utah that 
he, he can even be a spot running back as needed, but he's a lot he's underrated by a lot of folks out there. He's actually a more athletic player than his brother is and a little more instinctual. So he could be a guy that actually comes in and believe it or not, unseats his brother potentially uh, on, on this team. Cat, let me talk, let's talk about that for a minute because he was the focus of one of the Dolphins media uh, situations where, where they actually had another group talk to him um, or talk to, to Zach Vigil about his brother. Where Do you see this guy as being somebody who would fit in Miami with their scheme? Is he somebody that the Dolphins should legitimately target in round three? Nick Vigil, no. I think, Nick, I think third round is still too high for Nick Vigil. Uh, fifth round, maybe. Uh, I think he's a little bit better than Zach was coming out of, of college. But kind of limited still. And, you know, it, you really have to wonder, too, do you really want – uh, two brothers on on the same team battling for the same spot. I you know they could create a pretty dysfunctional environment. Yeah, some of the top defensive tackles we're going to talk about in just a minute because Paul, you brought up some of the guys that were that have been jumped over. I'm going to get Cat's opinion on those. The Raiders are about ready to make their selection right now, so we're going to throw it back to Paul so that he can call the, call the pick. Yeah, Willie Brown's up there. Uh, good to see he's still around making the Raiders pick here at number 44. It's always interesting with some of these guys because they take a little while to chat about whatever they, they, they've got because they got a microphone in front of them for the first time in a little while. But uh, he's going to make the 44th pick here for the Raiders. And uh, if he stops telling everybody to settle down, we'll know who the hell it is before uh, Tennessee's back on the board. All right, he's... <laughs> wow. He just wished all the he mothers out there Happy Mother's Day, which is a week away told people to, Yeah, I told everyone to go shopping He's making the most of his opportunity here But with the 44th pick The Raiders have gone out And they've selected Jihad Ward The defensive end out of Illinois You know, it was, it was funny Because I was just sitting here looking at the defensive ends That are still on the board Because we were just going to talk about this the guy that I've got highlighted right now is Jihad Ward. Is somebody to watch out for uh, in the next couple of picks. Cat, Ashawn Robinson, Jerron Reed, Jonathan Bullard, Andrew Billings, also on the board. And yet, here we go again. We're seeing somebody come off the board that not a lot of people expected. Yeah, and, you know, Jihad Ward has, has been in that second round area for a while now. Big guy, 6'5", 300 pounds. Um, it looked to me like more of a, a 3-4 defensive end. So it'd be, it'll be interesting to see if, if Ward plays defensive tackle with the Raiders or if he's a defensive end or on, on early downs, maybe kicks inside on pass downs as well. But, yeah, you know, it, taking a look at the rest of the board, you see guys like Jonathan Bullard and Ashawn and Jerron Reed. It is a little surprising. Paul, what do you make – what is your opinion on some of these guys that are dropping right now? I mean, it really at this point doesn't have a big impact on what the Dolphins are going to do in round three uh, because most of these guys are probably going to be off of the board anyway. But when you start looking at talent versus talent versus talent, rounds two, three, and four in this particular draft are – they're kind of comparable. Um, depending upon the position that you're looking at, I, I would agree with that. Um, I, I, I'm a little surprised that a few of the guys falling. One guy that I really want to see come off the board soon because I don't want it impacting 
the Dolphins' uh, second, third round pick, other than in a positive way, would be Derrick Henry. I mean, if he can if he can hang on to the end of this round and then go, that increases the possibility of a Devontae Booker sliding. It increases the possibility that there won't be a run on running backs. I think once you see Henry go, you're going to see a mild run on running backs. You'll see guys like Booker um, come off the board and possibly Collins and Perkins at the, at the top of round three. But if Henry hangs on for a little bit, you may see one of the, the, the three guys that I, I'd be targeting if I were the Dolphins slide to them in the, in the third round. For those of you who are just joining us, this is On the Fin Side, our live two-hour draft show for day two. We are into our second and final hour of the entire draft weekend. We want to thank everybody for being a part of this. You can follow us on the Fin Side, or at On the Fin Side on Twitter, like our Facebook page, at on the, or On the Fin Side, and then, of course, go to www.onthefinside.com, where we are now building our brand as a website as well, where you can get updated news and everything else. If you're out there and you're a writer and you want to write, join us. Contact me at finfanatic23 at yahoo.com or at bmiller.phan at gmail.com or contact us through On the Fin Side. We're always looking for people to jump in and can contribute to the information that we're starting to put out there on this website. So you can contact us and become a part of this if you want to, if you've got the chops and have the desire to do that. We're going to be jumping over here to our pick again in just a minute with Tennessee. Um, I forgot what I was going to say, but anyways, the pick is in, so we're going to throw it to Paul here uh, so that he can go ahead and get us Tennessee's next pick, who seems to be on the board all the time within the last hour. <laughs> well, the commissioner's not up at the podium yet, so we're not going to jump too, too far ahead on that. Um, but anyway, go ahead and uh, talk a little further about some of the uh, possibilities you see here um, in the way the board's going to unfold for Miami. With Tennessee Cat, I don't really know what they're going to do right now. I mean, they're they're making picks right now. It seems left and right. Um, so I, I have no clue. Maybe you've got a little bit more inside information or a, a better idea of where they're going here. You know, I, I would say that uh, look at the cornerbacks. But if I had to guess, uh, Kaveri Russell from Notre Dame or Mackenzie Alexander from Clemson uh, at, at the spot would make a whole lot of sense. Uh, they've They've addressed outside linebacker, defensive tackle, offensive tackle, and now they're they're going down their needs board. So, you know, this will be the Titans' third uh, second-round pick as well with Kevin Dodd and Austin Johnson being those first two guys. Yeah. And, again, you go back to the first, uh, for those of you that are just joining us, the Dolphins traded uh, from the 42nd pick up to 38 to select cornerback Xavier Howard out of Baylor. Um, they gave up the uh, number 104th pick in the draft in the fourth round to the Baltimore Ravens. Um, we'll see how that pans out for them, and we'll see whether or not Howard has the ability to, to make a, a legitimate starting run uh, or competition of that other cornerback spot opposite Byron Maxwell. Paul, I'm going to go to you on this first. When you look at the Dolphins' depth at cornerback, and you see Jamar Taylor, um, you've got to ask yourself, Xavier Howard should be able to beat out Taylor. He was not impressive last year. But I'm going to say this too, and you can comment on this as well. The, the Dolphins are kind of in a bad situation here. If Howard can't beat out Taylor, and you've got a guy like um, Byron Maxwell, who is more like he was with Philadelphia last year than he was with Seattle the year before, the Dolphins are going to be hurting at cornerback this year. Well, 
let's not be totally unfair to Taylor. I mean, he, he was misused a little bit in the defense they were running last year. When he moved inside to the nickel spot, he was actually a very decent, if not good, um, nickel corner at times. I mean, it, it's he's built more for the scheme that Vance Joseph's looking to run here, um, not so much the scheme that they were looking at last year. And in that scenario, there are possibilities where Jamar Taylor gets a few more sniffs than we're expecting. Um, another guy that I know a lot of folks were high on, and he was very raw, was Tony Lippett. So, yeah, do I think Xavier Howard should be able to beat them out on day one? I do. But there is a possibility that these guys rise to the occasion. So I'm not going to knock these guys fully for that. Cat, what do Isn't you that right, Brian? Everybody take a drink. <laughs> no, I, no, no, no. I thought Cat was – is Cat still on here or he jump off? No, I'm here. Oh, I, I figured you would jump in after that, so – I was giving you a oh. moment to uh No, Paul said it all. That's about it. <laughs> okay, well, there we go. Cat, full of words tonight. Um, again, the Dolphins were waiting, obviously, until the third round. I, I don't think that it would be a miracle, guys, if the Dolphins get on the clock again before our show's up. It's not out of the realm of possibility. This third round or this second round could go pretty quick. We're at pick 45 of uh, 60, what, what is it, 63? Um, yeah, and, and I have to laugh. It's, the, the commissioner just said Javon curse out without him here. I think he's sick of walking out on the stage with him. So curse is out there. He's going to announce the Titan selection. Um, oh, Derrick Henry is off the board. Mm, I am so happy to hear that. It's going to be interesting seeing the two running backs they got there now after trading with the Eagles. Chat, what are your thoughts on that? Wow, uh, Derrick Henry, and I'll tell you what, my 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 uh, a buddy of mine is a big Alabama fan and a big Titans fan, so he's going to love that. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm glad I'm, I'm with Paul. I'm glad he went off ahead of time. I, other than Zeke Elliott, I didn't have a running back going in the first two rounds, and I actually hope that the Dolphins look at a Kenneth Dixon in the third round uh, if they're going to go running back. Is running back that important? I mean. I know that we need help with Jay Ajayi. When he was in the game la- games last year, he played very, very well. Obviously, we need depth behind him. I can't imagine that Isaiah Pede is going to be able to be that player. We know Daniel Thomas isn't. Um, and then you've got Damian Williams sitting there. So at what point do you go value in the third, overtaking maybe a linebacker or even doubling up on corner or even taking another offensive lineman, and then going to the free 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 agency after the draft is over, you get into May when these players don't count against your compensatory picks for next year. At what point do you say, yeah, you know what, the value on the street's probably just as good. Why waste a pick in the third round, Cap? Uh, You know, repeat that again uh, as far as uh, wasting a pick on the third round on what? On a running back. If If you're going to go running back in round three, I would seem to think that you can wait a little while, get a street free agent, uh, and, and let Jay Adai see what he can do next year going to the well, draft I, or going to day three and take one. Well, th- this is what really hurts, uh, you know, where you don't have that fourth-round pick because I, I, th- I thought you could have waited to the fourth round and, and gotten one. Now, you know, keep in mind, got Lamar Miller in the fourth round, got Jay Ajayi in the fifth. So there is you – the know, Dolphins have demonstrated the ability to get running backs a little bit later, but – 
this is we're not having that fourth rounder hurts. And in the third round, I, I would like for the Dolphins to have been able to take the best player available and then get a running back in the fourth round, but they can't do that now. Yeah, and, and Herman Moore is actually up on the stage with the commissioner right now about to um, announce the Lions pick here. Uh, any any real quick thoughts on where they go here? I'm thinking Hayshawn Robinson. Sounds, sounds good to me. I, I have no idea what the Lions are going to do here. And it's My, uh, Robinson. He is off the board of the Lions. Good for long him. overdue. A lot of people thought he was going to come off at the top of the second round. So, um, you know, it's a good selection for Detroit. But how does that impact the Dolphins? It really doesn't. Not right now. Um, these are just more people coming off the board. And really, that's what we're doing. We're kind of biding our time to see how this draft board shapes up. Kat, is there anybody that you've had on your list that is falling right now that really surprises you? Uh, yeah, Jerron Reed is, is one that surprises me. I, I would have said Ashawn Robinson too, but Ashawn wasn't a huge surprise for me because yeah, I, I've heard that people are all over the board on him. So I've, I've heard some people have, uh, you know, second round grades, some people have third round grades on him. So it doesn't surprise me that he fell to 46, but they definitely got the talented player. He's kind of an enigma in that, uh, you know, he, he's, looks like this massive great player he's got the look he carries himself well but you've got the inconsistencies on tape and I also think he comes high out of his stance uh, a lot too which which allows him to be easily blocked but you know he definitely has the the physical ability at 6'4 312 pounds and was coached by Nick Saban Paul anybody on your list that uh that you look at and you say wow I'm really surprised that this guy's falling um, I am a little surprised to see Mackenzie Alexander still there. Uh, it, you know, with the fact that Miami jumped up to, to snatch Damian Howard and the fact that, you know, people may have flip-flopped the two of those. A lot of folks had Mackenzie a little bit higher on their board. Um, the fact that he's still there, I, I am a little bit surprised by it because you would have thought that somebody would have snatched him up shortly thereafter as well if they're in dire need of quarter help. Yeah, what's interesting is there was a lot of people mocking Mackenzie Alexander to the Dolphins at 13 in round one. Um, the fact that he was there or could have been had in round two and they didn't take him, I think kind of goes back to what Kat said, where you start looking at scheme fit and you see this guy not really fitting in with what Miami's trying to do or what they view as being that cornerback that you'd want. Uh, obviously, they went with Xavier Howard instead. Um, <clears throat> but it, what amazes me is when you start looking at some of these guys like Robinson um, that – we all believed would have gone in the first round, uh, late first round. Guys, when we did our mock draft, I had Cody White here going in round two, and I think both of you at the same time said, yeah, I really don't think White here is going to last till 11. Here we are, pick 47, or not to 42, rather, and, and here we are, pick 47, Cat. and guess what? Cody White here is still on the board, and he's really the top, ta- or the top guard prospect. Then you've got a guy like uh, Vladimir Alexander who's still on the board as well. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big. I'm not a big fan of Vidal Alexander, uh, but uh, white hair, I do like, uh, it, especially at this point in the draft. And you know, it, I got to say, even though they took Laramie Tunzel yesterday um, at, at the left tackle spot, if Cody Whitehair finds a way to fall down to the 73rd pick, then uh, you know I'd give strong consideration to taking him. I think he can play all five line positions, and now you're really talking about you know, turning that offensive line and, and taking it from a weakness to a strength. Well, yeah, and, when you look at what the Brad, Dolphins I, have, yeah, go ahead. 
I just want to clarify one thing. I, I, I don't think I ever said I didn't think he'd be there. Um, for me, it was just he wasn't a guy I wanted to pick in the second round because as, as good as he is, I see a lot of value in the later rounds with, with the guard position, which is where I truly see white hair settling in. And so the fact that there is that value later on to go ahead and, and use the second-round pick when I wanted them to, to see them go corner or linebacker here uh, just didn't make any sense to me value-wise when there was a bigger drop-off from those positions than there is for the guard position. It'll be interesting to see what happens when the Dolphins do get on the board in round three. There's going to be some offensive line help. And one thing that we do realize is when you start looking at what the Dolphins' needs are right now, they still need help at cornerback. They could use another one to compete. Whether that comes in round three, round five, it doesn't really matter. Kat, you brought up the need for a running back, the possibility of taking a running back in round three. Uh, then, of course, there's linebacker. You know, who would they, they run in there? But right now, as it stands, the Dolphins don't have a clear need anymore. They've addressed the offensive line with the number one prospect in the draft. They've addressed cornerback now, which was their second major need if not their first. So now when you get into round three, Paul, there's an opportunity there to take the best player, not necessarily at a position of need, but at a position of depth or somebody that can come in and challenge a starter and compete for a starting position or playing time. Yeah, and that's exactly why I lean towards the running back position because I do like Jay Ajayi. But I do think that a number of these running backs that are out there could come in and, and provide competition for him and challenge. And whether they beat him out or not, then you will see a split in that backfield between those two. Um, that that adds a lot of value to the offense. We're not going to see a lot of players come in based on their needs, based on how the board's playing out, that are going to be immediate impact guys um, outside of that position, I wouldn't think. I'll tell you what makes it interesting is – you know, going back to Cody White here and going back to something you said a little while ago, Brian, if you get, say the Dolphins draft Cody White here at 73, which, again, I don't expect. But now your offensive line, you've got from left to, left to right, you've got Tunzel. Cross your fingers that you have Brand, that Brandon Albert is open to playing guard. I don't know if he is or not. But Tunzel, Albert, Pouncey, Billy Turner, and – Juwan James, and then as backups, you got you know Jameel Douglas, Jermon Bushrod, and Cody Whitehair. And Whitehair eventually is going to challenge for a starting spot. But if that's your offensive line, I don't think I give a damn who plays running back for you because uh, because your offensive line is the expectation is it's going to be very very good. So, Cat, one quick thing, uh, I just want to chime in with. It, it sounds like by all reports today, Tunzel is going to be starting out at guard with Albert at left tackle. Um, which oh, I'm okay with. Interesting. They, they want to have him grow into that role and eventually be the, the Brandon Albert replacement. So that being the case, I mean, it's it's a flip-flop of those two guys on the offensive line, like you were talking about, but essentially still the same players. Um, yeah, I yeah, kind of heard so- a little bit of that same thing, but I think what they were saying was they're really going to let the competition unfold in camp and see who fits better, Cat. <laughs> And, you know, that, 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 is, that is really interesting. I, I, I didn't hear that. So, uh, you know, just get your best five players on the field. And so I'm excited. Jonathan Ogden did that. Started out at guard his first year, kicked out to tackle. The, the other thing, too, is here real quick. Um, well, we're going to throw it. The Saints are uh, up at the podium to make their pick. So, Paul, why don't you go ahead and take this one? Yeah, and Deuce McAllister is up there. 
and with the 47th pick in the 2016 NFL Draft, if he gets around to it, we will have this here shortly. The Saints have selected Michael Thomas, wide receiver, OSU. Little surprised. I thought they would have stuck with defense again, Cap. <clears throat> or not. Um, one of the things I was going to mention uh, here oh, about oh, the Mike, offense Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, uh, the wide receiver, was just taken from Ohio State. Tall guy, struggles to separate a little bit, but very productive at Ohio State. Should be a good weapon for Drew Brees. Going back to talking about the third-round offensive line, we're talking about Laramie Tunsil possibly starting off at guard, maybe <clears throat> Juwan James kicking inside, maybe Brandon Albert kicking inside. The interesting thing here is if you draft a guard like Cody Whitehair or, or Vlad Alexander, who maybe, Kat, you're not as high on, or any of the other top prospects here at the position, um, what you're basically doing here is setting yourself up again <clears throat> for that future because at some point in time, there is going to be – Laramie Tunsil is going to move to the outside. Brandon Albert's not going to be on the team, and you're going to be stuck at guard again. So now all of a sudden, if you look at these guys like maybe LaRaven Clark, uh, Jason Spriggs, who's still on the board as well, uh, he's a 6'6", 301-pounder, or, you know, 301 pounds from Indiana. Uh, this is a guy that can come in and maybe play guard. So, guys, I, I think when I look at this, and I'm thinking if I'm the Dolphins – I'm going to double up on offensive line in the third round unless I'm sure that there's a linebacker there because at some point in time, like I just said, Albert's going to be gone. Tunsil's going to move outside. Why not have the guard that's going to replace him in the inside on your team right now to learn? For me, if yeah. you're going to go ahead and do that, though, what, what you need to do here is essentially if you draft Cody Whitehair, you need to start immediately working the phones with Brandon Albert. Um, or designate him as a post-June 1st if, if you believe Cody Whitehair is going to come in because, essentially, you're already kind of committed to Billy Turner or um, Washburn at, at right guard. You're committed to Tunzel right now at left guard. You'd kick him out to left tackle, and then you'd be starting Cody Whitehair as well. So it's – I love Brandon Albert. He is an all-pro, but you have to get either get the value back or get the salary cap space back at that point. I'd be fine with it, Cap. Very possible, yeah. At, at guard, yeah, I, I think you could go a few different ways there. But, yeah, $8.5 million you can save if you cut Brandon Albert or, or get him off the books. Got the Packers coming up here. Throw it back over here to Paul for the uh, Green Bay pick. Yep, the Packers are up, and their selection here is going to be at number 48. If he says it anytime soon. Jason Spriggs is now off the board, so that's one offensive lineman gone. I was glad that I was just talking about him. Um, I, I'm not surprised here at all. The Packers could use some of that offensive line help. And, and Jason Spriggs, you know, like I said, he's a, a big guy, and he's capable of coming in and playing guard or tackle. And I think we're going to see the, the Green Bay Packers utilize him, maybe, excuse me, on the right-hand side. Um, Paul, are you surprised by this pick at all? In honesty, I'm not. Um, I think they needed some help along that offensive line, and I think he can step in and be that tackle from day one. I know you mentioned potentially moving him to guard. I don't see him as one of those that's a natural guard fit. I see him more um, as that edge blocker. I'm with you on that, too, with Spriggs. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Jason Spriggs. I I think he's got a lot of bad tape, but 
physically he can't get the job done, but I think it may take a year or two. And that that's probably what they have in mind as well. Uh, you know, at, at their tackle positions, they, they do have a little bit of lack of depth. So maybe this guy can come in and be a swing tackle person and compete for a starting spot in 2017. We are winding down. We still haven't reached the end of round two yet. Um, we are still on the hook for the next uh, 31 minutes. I highly doubt we're going to get through round two at the rate the NFL is dragging us out. And, and a lot of this has to do with the fact that they're parading out these Hall of Famers, these veterans, these, these uh, historical figures from all of the teams when they come up there. Um, finally, on the ticker, round three has shown up, and we're still talking, oh, I don't know, maybe 15, maybe 10 picks or so before that transfers over there. So while the picks are coming in quick, the NFL is not really quick to announce them. Um, still, guys, we've got a lot of guys still on the board. Jerron Reed, uh, as, as, uh, as Kat mentioned a few minutes ago, um, Cody Whitehair, as we've been talking about. Some of these guys inevitably are going to fall into the third round. There was a lot of speculation coming in today, Kat, that, uh, that Mackenzie Alexander could fall to late second or going all the way into round three. Um, I know you're getting ready to take off out of here. So what do you think the Dolphins are going to do in round three? And, and where do you see the rest of this draft kind of finishing up? You know, I, I want them to go best player available uh, in the third round, but I, I think they will go at the running back position. If I had to guess, it would be, it would be Kenneth Dixon or Devonte Booker if they're available. Um, but I, I really do hope that they take a best player available. You know, if, if a guy can fall to 50, he can fall to 73. And you start looking at some of these players on the board, Mackenzie Alexander, Jerron Reed, Andrew Billings, you know, absolutely I, I would consider them as best players available, um, especially Mackenzie Alexander. I'm perfectly comfortable doubling down on that cornerback spot because they, they need more and more bodies. If, you know, if, if they couldn't, you know, uh, lock down that second cornerback spot, you know, in the first round or in free agency, man, oh man, you know, you, uh, you may need as many bodies in camp as you can. Yeah. We have a and, trade and Chicago. The, no, I was just going to say Chicago's actually traded out of the 49th pick and Seattle has come in here. So it'll be interesting to see anybody that you see them going after here, Kat, I've got to think one of these defensive tackles is coming off the board. That, that's what I was thinking too. Um, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me too if this would be like a Lorraine Clark because uh, they they did go offensive line in the first round, but you know they are hurting everywhere on that offensive line. Um, so if if they can land another one, they they could they could bring some more competition in. Yeah, there's yeah, a, it could also be Cody Whitehair here as well. Yeah, it could be. You know, who knows? I mean. The Seattle Seahawks traded out around one. They've been kind of jumping around. In fact, yesterday, <clears throat> I take that back. They made their pick in round one. It was the first time, I think, since 2007, I believe, that they had a first-round pick. They've tended to trade them all the time. So here we are in the second round. There is, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, 79, 10, 11, 12. We have 14 picks left until the end of round two. The Dolphins will pick 10th in round three. How that basically works is uh, because of the amount of teams that finished with the same record, the Dolphins had the, uh, the weakest um, schedule, strength of schedule. So if they picked first, after the first round, they dropped to the back. Then they move up a slot for the next one and so on and so on until every team has cycled through, and then they cycle again. So 
that's kind of how things work uh, in, in this draft. So that's kind of where we're at here. Um, Paul, we're going to throw it over here to you in a minute uh, for the Seattle Seahawks pick uh, in just a minute. Yeah, and it looks like the Seahawks gave up uh, the 56th overall as well as the, uh, their fourth rounder. Um, one other guy that they could potentially go here um, might be Tyler Boyd out of Pittsburgh. Um, I mean, they need a few more guys for uh, Russell Wilson to be able to throw to up there in Seattle. And so that wouldn't surprise me either. But for the most part, I'm thinking it's going to be either Jerron Reed or Cody Whitehair. We are going to find out. I think they need to go offensive line, Cat. Like you said, they've got a lot of issues on their offensive line right now, and they didn't address it in round one. Right. Uh, well, offensive line, uh, the the Seahawks did take an offensive line in, That's in right. round one. And, That's right, they did. Uh, but but still, uh, you know, going back to what I was saying before, I, I, I think that's possible that's not enough because, I mean, they are hurting just about at every possession. Yeah. You know, they, for a team that was so good for so long along the offensive line in the Seahawks, you know, they, they've lost a lot of players here over the last couple of years. They lost guard James Carpenter last offseason to the Jets. They lost J.R. Sweezy to the Bucks this past offseason. Um, you know, their, their tackles, uh, Breno Giacomini, they lost a couple of years ago. So they've been slowly losing losing pieces, and now they really have to – have to patch something together. Yeah, and, and like you said, they, they did. They took Jermaine Effetti uh, at the top or the bottom of round one. Um, a lot of people had him ranked as more of a mid-round draft pick. Um, so a lot of people today considering that a little bit of a reach, but very, very possible that, uh, that they double up here uh, given the way the board is stacked right now. But I think, Paul, you might be right. I think we're going to see a defensive tackle go off the board here. My guess would be Jerron Reed. It's it's highly possible. I mean, maybe Andrew Billings, but most likely Gerard Reed um, or Cody Whitehair, just for their scheme fit. But again, they uh, they're doing the same thing as everybody else. So let's see how long Sean Alexander's up at the podium for, um, and uh, see see which direction the Seahawks go. I mean, their defense doesn't need too much help, but they're always looking to add pieces to it. Because let's let's face it, that that is one of the biggest things for these guys. Yeah. Coming up after this pick, we're going to start going over who's the top of the board is left at the key positions that the Dolphins still need uh, while we're waiting him for him to finish talking and announce the pick. Uh, so that's just kind of a preview of what we're going to be doing here in just a few minutes. Paul, back to you. Yeah. Um, it, it really is great to see Sean Alexander putting out the uh, run rich run campaign, uh, which is Rich Eisen's, campaign for uh, raising money for St. Jude's and the fact that they've raised a few hundred thousand dollars at the very least this year alone is, is just staggering. So, I mean, that, I think that's a great cause and I'm glad to see somebody pointing it out for folks out here. Um, even if Rich is uh, campaigning to get punters drafted earlier and earlier every year, that, that piece of thing is still a wonderful thing that he does. So let's hopefully see who the Seahawks draft here shortly. You know, a few folks, including uh, one of the folks from NFL Female, are sitting there with bated breath waiting to see who it is. <clears throat> Uh, they're, they're this kid soaking it in, and he, he's well deserved. I mean, this is—they've got a patient oh, from yeah. St. Jude's, Jude's Children's Hospital there with him to make this selection. Standing ovation for the kid, you know. And I—and I think that's great, especially when you look at what the Dolphins do for cancer research with the Sylvester Cancer mm-hmm. Center. Um, so, 
it's an awesome thing to see. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's letting him announce the pick. I, I'm glad to that's, see that. That's pretty – that's class there, too. <laughs> All right. The Seahawks have selected Jerron Reed. You were right on the money there. All right. Well, it was about time for him to come off the board. We thought that he would. Cat, before you take off, any uh, any thoughts on that? Any thoughts on the rest of the draft and where you think this thing is going going to go? Yeah, uh, Jaron Reed. You know, he, he, what value here? This is somebody I thought was going to go. You know, at, at the latest, uh, late first round, and, and now you get him here at forty nine. Fantastic value. Uh, could, could be a could be a starter pretty quickly for for the Seahawks. Um, you know, it, it, he's really my last surprise drop. I think after that, you've got like Andrew Billings, Von Bell, Mackenzie Alexander, Cody White here, a few of these guys, but none of them. It's really, it, it's really not shocking that any of them are still available at this point in the draft. So really I want the Dolphins, regardless of who it is to go best player available, whether that's Cody Whitehair, whether that's Kaveri Russell, John Bullard, Andrew Billings, one of those guys. So anyway, take it home guys. Um, I'll talk to you uh, on our next show and have a good night. Take care, Kat. All right. Sounds All right. good. So, um, let's, uh, let's look at what we've got coming up here. Um, and we're approaching round three, um, and we'll we'll see what happens there. Paul, where do you see this heading right now? I mean, the Dolphins, like we said, we've been talking a little bit about it. They've gone offensive line. They've gone cornerback, best player available. I want to throw this out to you as well. A lot of talk about possibility of drafting a quarterback in this draft. Obviously, we wouldn't see it necessarily in round three, but when you start getting into round five and six, do we start talking about a guy like Dak Prescott who may or may not still be on the board? Some of these deeper quarterbacks that, they're, that you know, teams are talking about, Connor Cook is still on the board, and, and we would have thought he would have been gone by now. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, I don't see those, guys, those two being – or I don't see Connor Cook being available when they, when they should look to draft a quarterback. And no, I don't think a quarterback for me is, is the point where you're drafting somebody to replace Matt Moore. Um, now, if by some stroke of genius you hit on the next Dan Marino and he comes in and replaces Tannehill, I'll find a way to live with it. Um, but for me, I think the guys that you're probably targeting here are guys like Kevin Hogan later on in the draft to come in, be that Matt Moore replacement behind Tannehill, and, and solidify the depth on offense. I'm under no delusion, that I, and I know a lot of Dolphin fans out there aren't, even though some – do believe this could be the case. If Tannehill were to go down, Matt Moore is not a guy that is going to step in and save a season. He'll go out there give you maximum effort on every play, but he's not going to step in and save the season for these guys. Um, whereas a Kevin Hogan, under the right tutelage from Gase and the offensive staff that he's assembled, he could be the guy that steps in for those three or four games if Tannehill were to get hurt and continues to help you get there. And that's one of the things that I'd be looking for if the Dolphins were to draft a quarterback. Um, I do still think running back in round three, especially given the fact that their fourth-round pick is, is gone, and one guy as well that I'd look at later on in the draft in terms of the running back position is Devon Johnson out of Marshall. He's one of those guys that is flying under a lot of radars. 
Um, he converted from being a tight end his junior year to take over the running back position. Um, averaged somewhere north of eight yards of carry. Um, keeps those legs pumping. Showed great field vision. Uh, sneaky speed. He's a decent receiver out of the backfield. He can block. And he can get you that yard and always falls forward when it's third and one. A maddening down for the Dolphins the past, I don't know, 10 eight or ten years, ever since the Saka Polite was a Dolphin. And you pair him as a component of that backfield with, say, an Alex Collins or a Dixon and, and Jay Ajayi, and suddenly you've got a pretty cool three-headed monster platooning at running back that's going to be fresh all game. And there's a lot of exciting things that could come out of that. Yeah, um, going back to quarterbacks here, I think the Dolphins at some point, you mentioned Matt Moore, and, and I have to realize Matt Moore's got one deal, maybe two years left at the most. I, I don't think when his contract's up this time, and I think they signed him to a one-year deal, I think that's it. You've got to start drafting for your future. Even if Ryan Tannehill is going to be your future and you're going to pay that $19 million salary next year or restructure or whatever it is you decide to do, you still need to have a quarterback that's going to be able to back him up. And I'm not convinced that uh, uh, Bethel, whatever his name is right now, I can't even remember his name, is the guy. Um, Bethel McLeod Thomas, uh, I, he's not the guy. I don't see that yet. You need to bring somebody in that's going to have a little bit more of that experience um, at, a college, at a collegiate level that can come in and start learning. And when I look at the I, – I agree with you. Connor Cook is not going to be on the board when the Dolphins select uh, in the fifth round or the sixth round. Christian Hackenberg from Penn State is not going to be there. Then you start getting into the guys like Mississippi State quarterback Dak Prescott. Maybe he's around in the fifth, and if he's there, maybe you consider taking him there. I do like the fact that you talked about Kevin Hogan maybe in the sixth or seventh round, and I think that's a good way to go. Stanford quarterback, uh, he's obviously played in some big games, and here's a guy that you can bring in and start developing for the future. Those are some of the guys that are available at quarterback. We don't need to worry about quarterback until later on day three. That's tomorrow. After the fourth round, we start getting into five, six, and the two picks and seven. Then you can start talking about quarterbacks. I only bring it up now because we're going to look at some of the depth that's still available here. Let's go to running back. Only two running backs have been taken off the board thus far. Ezekiel Elliott, round one, fourth overall, and Derrick Henry, who went a short while ago um, to the Tennessee Titans with their second pick here in round two. Uh, some of the guys that are still available, Jordan Howard, Devontae Booker, Kenneth Dixon, Cat talked a little bit about him possibly being a, a guy that's available in round three. A guy that I seem to like a lot is six foot oh, 220-pound Notre Dame running back C.J. Proceis. And, Paul, I think this is a guy that might still be on the board in round five. And if I'm looking for a running back, I might be tending to look his way for me though i i'd rather grab um devon johnson late i i, I do see what allures a lot of people when it comes to pro size but first we're actually going to go ahead and go to the texas selection here uh defensive tackle amobia koye is up at the podium uh well he's going to take a minute because he's sending his condolences to flood victims down in houston which is an admirable thing um, but, yeah, the Texans are here at pick 50. There's a lot of different ways they can go based on who's who's left on the board with their pick. I'd have to imagine it's offense, and this may be Cody White here right here. And the 50th pick is in, and it is, ooh, center Nick Martin. Right idea, wrong player. Uh, they're going to bring him in to, to be their center. 
Not yeah, um, they the, need to offensive nope. line help. They did. They absolutely did. Uh, their defense is pretty good, but their offense struggled last year to produce points. Going back to running backs, so there's a guy that I really like, and that's Tyler Irvin out of San Jose State. But the interesting thing about Irvin is this. He's not a guy who's going to carry the ball for three downs. He's a guy that's going to spell your starter guy like J.H.I. He's going to come in. He's a speedster. He can catch the ball. He's not great at it, but he can. And he's not a very big guy. He's not going to be sitting back there blocking on third downs. But what's interesting about this guy, Paul, is he is fantastic running the ball from a return standpoint. If you put him back to return kicks and punts, you're taking Jarvis Landry off the field, and you're putting him where he belongs, and that's strictly as a wide receiver. And you're going to – Save yourself some wear and tear by allowing a guy like Tyler Irvin to run the ball back. Now, the problem that, that, that unfolds here is with new rules on kickoffs, it's going to be moved up a little bit. They're really stressing the no kickoff thing, uh, the no return thing. They're trying to, to, to play the safety. So at what point in time in the next year, two years, maybe even three years, we're not going to see returners at all in the NFL because they're going to start phasing them out. It's just basically going to be a league full of punt returners. Well, the interesting thing is going to be, and I think some coach is going to do this at some point in time, if they keep moving out further and further to incentivize people to take touchbacks, you're going to see some kickers, instead of trying to boom it out of the end zone, trying to short kick it here um, so that they have to get a return out of some of these running backs or wide receivers or corners that are better back deep. Because if you incentivize it too much for them to take that touchback, and suddenly they're getting ridiculous field position. And, hey, there's another former Dolphin on stage right now, actually. A little bit heartbreaking, even though I know he spent most of his career uh, up in New York with the Jets. But Chad Pennington is actually up at the podium to announce the Jets pick here. And, yeah, I've, yeah. I've got to I've got to say I like the kid after everything he did when he came down to Miami. He was the last so one to the playoff performance, that's for sure. 2008, mm-hmm. uh, very interesting there. Um Dolphins but he's getting right to it. Back. Yeah. So let's go ahead with the – they took Christian Hackenberg off the board. The Jets now have a quarterback. <clears throat> yeah, you know, the, you know when, you, when, you hear, when you hear Reggie Ragland go off the board to Buffalo, you kind of go, damn, I don't want to have to face that guy. When I hear Christian Hackenberg coming off, I'm not overly concerned right now. He's not going to start this year. And the Jets still have a major problem with who's going to start for them at quarterback this year. Ryan Fitzpatrick is not under contract. He is a free agent. He has said that he would rather sit out 2016 than to accept the offer that the Jets gave him. Paul, who in the hell are the Jets going to start a quarterback this year? As it stands right now, uh, even though I'm not afraid to face him, it's probably got to be Hackenberg. Geno Smith certainly is an, an NFL caliber starter, and it's kind of worn out. I think his welcome up there, uh, especially being a little bit of a drama queen on top of not being very good. So while while Hackenberg is a wild card, I think it's going to be his job to lose in training camp it, unless Geno suddenly shows up with the ability to play quarterback or Fitzpatrick tucks his tail between his legs and comes back. So they've got an interesting glut of – mediocrity, I guess you'd say, at the quarterback position. So, yeah, they they want to draft Hackenberg, have fun with it. 
The interesting thing here is, is when you look at what Denver did at the end of round one where they traded up a few picks and they were able to get Paxton Lynch. Lynch isn't going to start for them this year. Mark Sanchez will. And Mark Sanchez isn't a franchise quarterback, but you know what? He's a decent enough bridge quarterback to get you from point A to point B. Point B may be the middle of the season. Point B may be 2017, and that's going to give Paxton Lynch time to learn. When you look at the New York Jets, you have to start wondering if they're not going to make a trade for a guy like Sam Bradford or Nick Foles or even Colin Kaepernick because they cannot go into the season with a second, late second-round quarterback uh, being their, their number one quarterback on the depth chart. Hackenberg isn't ready for the NFL yet, and by throwing him back there, you're putting him to the wolves. And I have to imagine that uh, Todd Bowles is a little bit smarter than that. Something's got to be going on up there with New York, but right now – with the quarterback situation that they have, with the retirement of the uh, of Ferguson, regardless of the trade for Ryan Clady, I, I think the Jets' offense is in a really bad situation right now. Yeah, and there's actually rumors that came out that they were exploring trades with the Raiders and a couple other folks to try to move up when uh, Laramie Tunzel fell. And the fact that Miami took him also kept Tunzel away from uh, the Jets, by all accounts, potentially. So that's and- another benefit to the, uh, the, and the, the move the Dolphins made yesterday. And that's very interesting, too, and I'm glad you brought that up because what does that say about New York's confidence in Ryan Clady coming in and taking over that left tackle position for DeBrickshaw Ferguson? Obviously, if they wanted to move up and get a guy like Laramie Tunsil, they don't view Clady as a long-term solution, possibly even an inside guy at a guard position. So they were definitely looking to improve at that position. The Jets right now offensively are a mess, and I don't mind saying that uh, because of the situation where they are obviously our division rivals. Last year they schooled us. It was embarrassing. Uh, It just amazes me that, that they're in this position. More power to him. I'm glad. I like Christian Hackenberg, but I don't like him that much to take him in the second round. He needs a lot of development. Let's go ahead and move over to the uh, to the um, offensive line positions and who's still available that the Dolphins may be looking at in round three, which is coming up very shortly. And I'm going to try and get through these as quickly as possible because our time here is running down. We're less than 10 minutes now in our show. Cody Whitehair is still on the board. Uh, LaRaven Clark is still on the board. Um, Center Max Turk is still on the board. Vadal Alexander is still on the board. Um, Joe Thune is still on the board. Uh, these are all guys that could go in in, uh, in round three. Another guy that I really like is North Carolina guard Landon Turner. And this is a guy that if I'm Miami, I'm giving serious consideration to in round three, especially now that I don't have a round four pick, Paul. Yeah, I mean, there are a number of, of guys available. One guy that I really like and, and have liked uh, throughout the whole process is uh, Isaac Samalo. I think he's one of those guys that, while this may not be the case now, um, not only could come in and, and be an all-pro um, at guard, could eventually be a left tackle prospect. But, again, he, he's a guy that could step in immediately and help out. And suddenly, like we were talking about with Cody Whitehair, you see a situation where Brandon Albert may actually have an even shorter time stretch here in Miami because of that draft. Um, so there is some possibility. I honestly, I think Miami's probably set though at this point uh, along the offensive line in this draft, unless um, a guy like Whitehair falls to them and they see the value there. 
Moving on to uh, defensive tackle, defensive end, where obviously the Dolphins could use some help at defensive end. There are still a lot of names on this board, and if the Dolphins are looking at maybe adding some depth to the defensive tackle position to compete with Jordan Phillips, to compete with uh, um, Earl Mitchell, Jonathan Bullard is still on the board. Andrew Billings is still on the board. Um, so there's some opportunities there. You start looking at the defensive end positions, and you're talking about Shalee Calhoun. Uh, Bronson Kafusi is still on the board as well. The defensive end position now is suddenly starting to dry out a little bit. And, and, and until these guys, Carl Nassib, however, is still there. So there's some possibilities here for the Dolphins to make a move at defensive end if they wanted to. But let's face it, in round three, any defensive end that you take right now is going to be a project. And I I think that's probably where the problem is going to be. The Dolphins can still find a starter somewhere on either side of the ball in round three, and I think that's really where they need to look. Let's go over here real quick to Cat, who's back here, to talk about Christian Hackenberg. Cat, we got about seven minutes. Yeah, real quick on Hackenberg, because you know, the, the Jets in our division, very relevant. You know, a lot of people think that this guy was going to be, you know, a top five, top ten pick and was aiming for that after a very impressive freshman season with Penn State under Bill O'Brien, but you know, I, I look at it a little bit differently with Hackenberg. I, I think he's, other than his height and his freshman year, I don't see a whole heck of a lot with the guy. Bad feet. Uh, I, I don't think he drives the ball extremely well. Uh, his, his mechanics look a little bit like Brad Johnson, uh, and I don't think he's going to be performing at the level of Brad Johnson. And also, too, you know, this is a guy known in interviews as well uh, to be blaming James Franklin, the rest of the Penn State staff, when asked about, you know, this throw or that throw. So uh, I wonder how he'll handle the New York media uh, as well. So anyway, just wanted to uh, throw in that as well. And you're right on the money, Brian, uh, that the value in this draft seems to be looking at looking toward defensive end for the Dolphins in the third round. Have a good night, guys. Thanks, Cap, for calling back in. Um, let's go back to uh, talking about the defensive ends, defensive lines, Paul. Um, who do you see that stands out for you there if the Dolphins wanted to go in that direction, either in round three or round five? Um, if Miami were to go in that direction, Kafusi is a guy that you brought up. That, um, Matter of fact, a couple of years ago I had brought up uh, to uh, CK about some of the players I should keep an eye on. And he was one of the guys that he pointed out. And up against UConn, sure enough, first play from scrimmage, yeah, he rips the ball out of the running back's hand, and the other guy, CK, pointed out, recovered it. And Kafusi's a guy that, when I watch tape on him, he could be an impact player immediately. Um, the problem is, is he's he's too good to sit on the bench. But where and how often do you play him without misusing him uh, along this defensive line? So that that's the spot where. You could call him a project, but it's really more so the fact that he's got to wait for his time. But the Falcons pick is in, so real quick, we'll go to that um, once they announce it. But I don't know, have you watched much on Kafusi, Brian? No, not not really. I, I, I view this as a guy that could be later on, maybe around four or five. Dolphins don't have a fourth now. But, uh, again, like you said, I mean, when you start talking defensive tackles in round three, um, somebody really needs to fall to you for you to make that kind of a move because you need to get a guy that's going to start in round three. And the oh, Dolphins don't come away with enough starters. Yeah, and the Falcons just went ahead and took linebacker Deion Jones off the board. One of the linebackers that a few folks had, had glanced at as a possibility for the Dolphins in round three. So that that possibility has set sail here for, for the Dolphins, which I'm okay with it. I, I think Kiko and, and – uh, God, I keep doing this, Johnny Jenkins – 
um, are fine on the outside if they were able to plug somebody into the middle. But right now, the way it stands, it's going to be Jenkins, Kiko, and uh, Nisi, unless one of the young guys can unseat yeah. them. Now, this particular draft was kind of uh, – it was it's a very interesting draft for linebackers. You know, Leonard Ford, Floyd went a little bit higher than a lot of people thought uh, with the ninth pick in round one. Miles Jack fell all the way to round two to, to Jacksonville at pick 36. Reggie Raglan all the way into pick 41 in round two. And then Darren Lee was late. Deion Jones, like you just said. Jalen Smith, the real big surprise here coming off the board with the third pick in round two. But then when you start looking at who's still on the board that might be in when you start getting into round three, we're still talking about Sue Al Cravens. And maybe he's not a second-round pick, but he could be a third-round option for the Dolphins. Kyler Frackrell, an outside linebacker from Utah State. Jordan Jenkins, I still, my, my favorite guy, Scooby Wright third, still on the board out of Arizona, six foot, 239 pounds, that I think is going to be a monster inside linebacker in this league. Kind of reminds me of a bigger-sized Zach Thomas with his range. And I really like that guy, Kat. The question is, will he make it that far into the Dolphins see enough of him to bring him to Miami and give him an opportunity to split time with Kiko Alonso at the inside linebacker position. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there, there are some possibilities there. I mean, I know I'm not as high on Scooby as you are, but he could, he could turn into a player for down the road for somebody, whether it's the Dolphins or not. Um, but we're going to go ahead and, and go to the Redskins pick which is being announced by former linebacker Ken Harvey, who was always a joy to watch play growing up. Um, the Redskins have selected here at pick 53. Wait for it. Suwa Cravens. So he is off the board, no longer a possibility. He's going to be moving around that skins defense this year. Yeah, and we were just talking about him possibly being there in round three. Obviously, that's not going to happen. And, and the Redskins need that linebacker help, so there's an opportunity there. Okay, let's stop talking about uh, linebackers. Let's move on to cornerback because there is still an, uh, a possibility here uh, for the Dolphins to double up on cornerback. Before we do that real quick, Tuesday night we will be back on the air at a regular scheduled time, 8 o'clock Eastern time, uh, finsradio.com backslash on the fin side, or excuse me, blogtalkradio.com backslash Fins Radio. Join us at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, we will be taking your phone calls to get information on you from you on what you thought of the Dolphins draft this week, and we'll also talk about the undrafted rookies that were also chosen as well. We're down to about a minute and 47 seconds. You can give us a call, like I said, on Tuesday night. Uh, make sure you follow us at On the Fin Side at Twitter and like our Facebook page, On the Fin Side, and also visit www.onthefinside.com uh, as well. Cornerbacks are still on the board that the Dolphins might be taking a look at. McKenzie Alexander, I'm still blown away, Paul that this guy's still sitting here at some point in time I might consider nah I wouldn't trading up to get him I'll wait if he's still there in the third round when I'm picking I would have a hard time passing him up but I'll tell you who I do like that I would take Virginia Tech 5'11", 187-pound cornerback Kendall Fuller, who has dropped because of issues with his knee, but he's got medical clearance. He's ready to play right now and get back to the practice field. This is a guy that I would be keeping close eye on come the third round. Yeah, there's those two as well as Sean Davis out of Maryland that could come in and be immediate impact players um, on this defense. And you'd have to think that we're going to see a few of the younger project players shake out of the mix there at that point. But like like we talked about, they lost a lot in terms of the quarterback position. They were already shorthanded last season. So if they are able to double down and get either a Mac Alexander, get Fuller or get, um, what's his face there, uh, 
Sean Davis out of Maryland, then then you're suddenly looking a lot different at that corner position opposite Byron Maxwell and in the nickel, um, et cetera. So a lot of intriguing did, um, possibilities there. Did, did Alexander – Alexander didn't get drafted yet, right? No, he did not. Harger, no, okay, I didn't think so. Um, unless he's getting – unless he goes here to pick 54 and uh, Matt Stevens over here in our chat room has got a crystal ball – who is saying that he went to the Vikings. Maybe we're a little bit behind. I don't know. But um, uh, very good possibility that he goes there. Um, but uh, according to my board right now from NFL.com, Alexander is still on the board. So, hey, we're going to see if this is a prophecy or not. We're in recording time now. So um, we'll see what happens. It looks like, uh, Paul, that we're, we're in archives. So we're going to wrap this up. Uh, but it does look like Alexander is the pick for the Vikings because uh, they decided to, somebody tweeted it out and they decided to share it. So I um, guess that's the way it is. Anyways, thanks for joining us tonight, Paul. Um, it's been a pleasure again for our third year in a row of you and I uh, kind of hosting the draft. Maybe next year we can do a three-hour show again, which was a lot of fun. Um, we'll see. But for those of you that have stuck around and listened, uh, Paul, any final thoughts before we sign off for the night? No, I, I just want to say I do think they need to go with a running back um, either here in the third round or in the fifth um, based on what's out there. Uh, otherwise, I think they're going to miss a boat on somebody. And really, that is one of the biggest needs that they have at this point after drafting Xavier Howard, after drafting Laramie Tunzel, and based on the depth uh, at some of the positions that are out there. If they don't grab a guy in the third round, like a Devontae Booker or Paul Perkins, they don't grab a Devin Johnson in the fifth, maybe the sixth. Um, I think they're going to be hurting um, in terms of running back, back depth because we will see Daniel Thomas, unfortunately, at this point, or Isaiah Pede, taking some carries uh, at some point during the season, which I don't think any of us want to see. Yeah. Well, on behalf of everybody here at Finns Radio, I want to thank Paul again, thank Kat uh, for calling in and, and spending some time with us tonight. Um, it's been a pleasure being able to to do this with you. Uh, obviously, you're not listening, but if by chance, for whatever reason, you're listening to us on the archives, I have no idea why, but, but if by chance you are, have a great night. Remember, guys, it's not on the right side. It's not on the left side. It's on the Finn side, and Solo D is going to take it away. Paul, I'll talk to you Tuesday night, buddy. Sounds good, man. to perform.